0: What's up Folsom? Today we have a special treat for you as we talk about peacemaking, but with a lot of leaders in our city. Incredible Brian. Incredible people. Who all do we have we, on this podcast? We have banning
1: from Jesus Culture. We had Brian, the new Brian in Folsom. The other Brian in Folsom. From Lakeside. Yep. All the sides getting
0: together. You had the two of us. The two of us. You had Lisa Thompson, women's pastor at Bayside Granite Bay, and you had Lorraine Rothenberg, who's been a pastor in Folsom for 26 years. years. So today, as the leaders of Folsom in our city, we talk about what it looks like to be peacemakers in the world who are seen as the children of God. Check this out. Guys, thanks so much for joining us today for this discussion. As you all know, we've discussed this off camera, that our series at Bayside Folsom, we've been having this conversation around peace. And we've been walking through the Good Samaritan, said robbers were peace breakers. The motto for them was me at all cost. And then we had the conversation of peace fakers, the idea of perception at all cost with the Levite and the priest. And then we get to the very end of the story and the Samaritan himself, the least likely person Jesus would ever bring up in the room that he's in is the peacemaker, going across all different cultural lines, history, different wars have been. I mean, this is as flagrant as he can make an example of (laughs) saying, the person you don't think should be in the blank of the good blank, he goes to Samaritan, would have paused the room, and we see this peacemaker identity in what this Samaritan does. So we've been referencing this idea of this story tells, like this goes through story form, to kind of put that, that beatitude on display, mm-hmm. that blessed are the peacemakers, because the peacemakers are seen and known and called the children of God. So we said, who would we want to have a conversation with about making peace, mm-hmm. and having conversations of peace, and societal, and church and all of those things, we're like, well, if we got a bunch of different leaders from one city, yeah. our city, where all our churches are in, where we've been for a long time, and have this discussion of peace. So thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much. But as our listeners now know, we are completely unscripted on this. (laughs) So there's not an intro, there's not, hey, here's a nice thought provoking probing question. We wanted to have, Do we base this set like a living room on purpose. Mm -hmm. So this idea of we're in a living room together, thoughts on peace, and let's see where the conversation takes us. May the Lord be with us. Who likes to go first?
2: (laughs) Who wants to go first? Nobody wants to go first on this stuff. It's interesting you guys, you're talking about peace because uh, even the story, we live in a world right now, it's interesting because we're, as you read scripture and as you look at culture, it becomes more like, I think the Bible was written for the exact moment we're in right now. Maybe uh, in all of history, I'm sure that everybody could say the same thing, but you just look around, you're like, this is the amount of division, the amount of conflict, the amount of families torn apart, but also just practically speaking, how much work what you're describing is. Right. Yeah. When you're like, blessed are the peacemakers, you're like, dude, yes. it is so much work. Yeah. Yes. Like it's not. Yes. And it's not just avoiding, like I, I'm just going to avoid all of this. Mm-hmm. Like to <laughs> actually wade into yeah. Yeah. those situations that require peace. Yeah. Like it takes a level of intentionality that yeah. I'm not sure. And and, and and so many people are exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just takes so much. In, well, family, Yes. You know, all all of it, not not just, no you know, in the city, but actually just in family whatever else. So I'm I'm struck by the fact when you're saying mm-hmm. that right now, I'm like, that's a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> Even what Jesus calls us to. No, 100%. Yeah.
3: Well, and when you think about the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, so often yes. a peacekeeper wants to avoid conflict wants to avoid are you saying there's
2: something wrong with that because that sounds amazing (laughs) stay out of it wants to
3: avoid the mess wants to you know whereas a peacemaker steps into the conflict steps into what's hard and um and it takes great intentionality yeah to do that and risk you know when you look at um this story i mean it was risky for this samaritan to step in to yeah. help this man mm-hmm. um there's robbers on the road right yeah. you know may still be on the road mm-hmm. there's um perhaps other jewish people around yeah. that mm-hmm. are consider that would consider Without him doubt, an enemy were. and yeah. so um but i think so often i know for me anyway i settle for peacekeeping, mm-hmm. which is you know more um I'm just gonna sit back and watch and let somebody else get messy. Wade in. Wade mm-hmm. into what's hard.
0: Yeah, like we we talked about this a lot. This discussion of by definition, you only go make peace where peace isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's not this idea of uh, you can't peacemake in harmonious moments. Mm-hmm. You can't peacemake where peace already is. And we we chatted about that before. Like this idea that. If I would, if you were trying to boil down peacemaking to a word, which is impossible. Hear me, like what a gross exaggeration. But sacrifice being the word mm. that it would actually cost one something to make peace. Yeah. Like obviously our case in point would be you have peace with God mm-hmm. out of Jesus' sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But then we think uh, we t- th- we like toss some like historical examples up of Catherine of Alexandria, Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, these are these are sacrifice ridden no stories, yeah. um, often to like the fullest end of what sacrifice is, mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of making the ultimate peace, making the yeah being known as the children of God in the world. But yeah, other thoughts.
4: I was think I love what you said, Lorraine, about the peacekeeping. I grew up in a divorce family and so a lot of conflict between my mom and dad. Yeah. And as a as a kid I learned quickly that peacekeeping was the ultimate way to navigate hostility between two people. Mm. But as I've grown in my relationship with God, I and I've come to peace with my circumstances, mm. with my divorce, and not allow that to define my state of peace. I've been able to sit in those places now from a place of peace you know um, peacemaking because yeah. only Jesus can make peace. Yeah. We have to be at peace through the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be able to sit with others in their in their conflict and in their brokenness and in their disappointment of how life has You know rob them of that the way that sin robs us of that yeah and it's one of those things where God has taken something that the enemy meant for evil divorce conflict dysfunction part of my life story and just said you know what you're going to use this for good because you understand brokenness you can sit in both places but you're not the one that's going to fix these places only I can do that so you bring me the peacemaker into these and, into these relationships.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think of um, we've heard of sins of omission and sins of commission, and yep. with the this parable, we have this this opt out. Yeah, the priest and yes. Levi they didn't they didn't rob anybody. Yes. No, nope. they didn't hurt anybody. No, nope. they, they weren't you know dropping elbows on on this guy. Right. They just simply said I'm gonna I'm gonna opt out. Yep. And just keep doing my thing. And I think that's so easy for us because it's so tiring. You know, we hear of compassion fatigue. Yes, we look at all the problems in the world, and I, I've got mine. You know, God's the God of peace. You know, Jesus is the Prince of peace. I'm not. So yeah. like, uh, right. you go do it, God. You're yeah. the, you're the God of peace. I'm I'm messed up or I'm I'm tired. So I'm not gonna go hate on anybody. I'm not gonna go jump anybody on the road, but. I, I'm also not going to enter into yeah. because I I just don't have what it takes. Yep. But I think this is this reminder that we can believe in God but be far from God, right? Like mm-hmm. we can we can like have a theology of God but it's this idea of you can have the peace of God when you have peace with God yes and sometimes you can theologically well I have peace with God like I may write with Christ right but you have to like intentionally make that connection of going I'm empowered by God to do this so I may be tired but I'm I've been entrusted. There's a responsibility. I think yeah. of like the parable of the talents. Like that guy buried it in the ground. Yeah. He opted out. Man. Yeah. He's like, I'm not gonna go do what I've been entrusted to do. I'm gonna opt out. And this tiring idea of yes peace making, yeah. There's a lot of opt out. Yes. And if the church opts out, well, in our society, where is that peace? And the problem is is like this is just real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can say we should do this, but we can also say we're tired. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what does it mean to experience the peace with God so yeah. that we can have the peace of God? That's yeah. that tension that just in everyday life I think we we face. Yeah. And
4: I think that's lived out in the context of community, the church, the world looks at the church to see well, what does this peace look like? What does it look like to be right with God and right yeah. with your neighbor? Mm-hmm. And I think COVID showed us we're not doing so good. Yeah. Yes. You know, we can't like the good Samaritan who had, you know, been um condemned and marginalized by, by the Jew the Jews at the time, you know, he went out of his way to make peace with an enemy mm-hmm. because they had a difference of opinion. They had yeah. different theologies, they had different ideas. And I think for us as a church, this is what the world is looking. If we can't get this right, then that idea of them being right with God is going to be confusing.
2: I think at some level, and we won't fully unpack it here, but if you're going to be a peacemaker, you probably have to define peace, Mm -hmm. what we're talking about there. But at some level, that concept of what you're talking about, peacekeeping, which is at some level, just lack of conflict yeah like the goal is no conflict like the the goal is just no conflict which really isn't peace it's not the real definition like peace is way more connected to connection and relationship and unity and coming together so the concept though sometimes for us is hey, well, I have peace because you live over there and I live over here. So the goal is just like, well, we don't interact. Coexistence. <laughs> yeah, we, Co-existence. We, Yeah, and, and listen, we all, we're pastors. We know marriages that like, well, yeah, we, I live in that, you know, you live, yeah. over, here's why we don't have conflict. Because yeah. yes. we just live over there and I live over yeah. here. We do yeah. two separate lives. You're like, well, that's not really peace. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a false definition of peace. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that you, that we do have to kind of go, oh, no, peace, biblical peace. Yes. Yeah. Is way more. Yeah, you know, it's what you're talking like. Well, I, I just I just It's way more moving towards people. Yeah. Yeah. it's way more figuring out what real connection and relationship and yeah. unity mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah, I think in all this type of stuff, we're pastors, so we would get this. I, all of us would I think be able to define that would be able to say this about our church dream scenario. Every single person has taken ownership for the call of God on their life and yeah. is fully engaged in that call, yeah. right? We we look around and say, we would change the world yes, please. and change our city if yeah. every single person, or yeah. the majority of them, there's going to be a lot of new uh, young believers, yeah, new believers, sure. non-believers. The majority of the church is fully engaged. I say that because I think that peacemakers, it takes a deep sense of ownership Yeah. that says, I am in the earth. Yes. Mm to represent Jesus, yeah. yes. and everywhere I go, yeah. God has called me there yep. to bring peace. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. In my home, at my workplace, yep. at the gym, wherever yep. I go, yep. God's put me there. And I think sometimes we can look at, honestly, even the conflict in Israel and what's happening with politics, and we get so overwhelmed with all of it and miss, I think, the point of, yep. oh, if I really just took ownership for the call of God on my life and said, exactly where God has me I am there yeah. to bring peace mm-hmm. yes yeah. and what does that look like yeah. and I can't bring peace everywhere that's right okay. I like you know even though that's what's all flooding at me I, I, I I'm overwhelmed by all of this but I can do something about this and if every single one of the people that sat in our church actually showed up to work every day thinking I'm here to bring peace yes what does that actually look like
0: yeah. Dude, I, I, let's do let's well one cut the podcast. Yep, that's great. That's perfect. We're done. All thoughts <laughs> shut it down. Perfect. <laughs> I I, I, do, I would double down on all those things. Like let's quote Mother Teresa. Let's go Calcutta for a second. she, she says two things that are doubling down exactly on what Banning is saying. One, she says. If, you, if we do not have peace, is because we have forgotten we belong to each other. Yeah, yes. And I love that. And then she goes, and if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Yeah. And I, I think that's an amazing idea that, like, it does feel so overwhelming. Like, you're living in the only time in history where your phone buzzes... Every hour of the day, yep. with global news, yep.
2: telling you how much not peace is yeah, out there. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. telling like, you how much division and conflict yes. there is.
0: It's nuts, and the weight of all of it. And I love that that kind of subtle callback of you no, know, like changing the world feels like boi- trying to boil the ocean when you've been like called to heat the coffee yep. kettle yeah. up. Yeah. Yep. And the idea of now, nah, if you want to change the world, like be a part of peacemaking in yours. Mm-hmm. Go home and love your family. Yeah where the places and spaces in which you dwell go to those places to make peace. I find it interesting in the passage, Jesus says, because the guy gives all the right theology answers, he passes the test, right? He talks about, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, he quotes all the right things, he says all the right things, and Jesus says this really interesting line, he says, great, right answer, do this and you will live. And that word live actually means thrive yep. by design yep. mm-hmm. like no that's who that is actually optimal yes. human peace with god flowing out of that mm-hmm. into the world john
1: ten ten, abundant life abundant kind of life yes.
0: that's it but if you do that not you're going to get just eternal life but like no do that and you will live yeah. mm-hmm. by design thriving yes yeah
4: lisa i'd like to pose a question off of what banning said yes um this idea of we've been called to bring peace. Yeah. But if we're not at peace, yep. if we're not reconciled, if we're not you know, understanding the fullness of what God has done for us, walking in his forgiveness, his grace, and all of that, it's, hard. it's an inauthentic expression. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the fullness of that. So how do we move people? How do we disciple people? How do we help people get to that place? You can't bring peace until you know peace. And I think sometimes I, I think out of COVID, I was like, oh, interesting. We're not as developed mm-hmm. in this idea coming out of COVID that yeah. I thought maybe our efforts had done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind an of- An under-discipled yeah. community, an yeah. under-discipled, so which, which I think know. gets
1: to, doesn't it get to identity? Yeah. A misunderstanding well, okay. of who we are. I'm stealing your answer here, Brandon. Oh, no, You're Children right. of God, sons and daughters Absolutely. of the most high God. Yeah. If we misunderstand that, there's no chance at peace.
2: Frankly, yeah. mm-hmm. I think we, I think we settle for far less as one of the things I'm fascinated by is how much as believers we settle for far less than what the cross actually purchased. 1000%. So and so I think it's say that level, again, well, say it again. No, well, literally. I, I think that we yeah. settle for far less than what the the cross purchased. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. I, this thing, when you really look at it, the, you know, so salvation the, the iniquities and sins were on him and but the chastisement for our peace yeah. <laughs> yeah and i just think if we get believers going peace is your actual inheritance it's yes. actual I, your actual I, family I, yeah. Right. right yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like when you when you became a child of god yes yeah then what was purchased for you was peace and it does feel like mm. we kind of accept yeah way less, than less. yeah, yeah. right and yes. I think at some level, when we say we want to go be peacemakers, we are trying to bring <laughs> what Jesus purchased for people, mm-hmm. yeah. which was peace. Right. Yeah. It was part of the atonement, yeah. like right. peace is actually part of the atonement. I need to have it in my life. And then I just need to bring it into situations. But it's interesting for me because I just think we do, we settle yeah. for so like, there's not something in us that goes, I want yeah. everything that was purchased yes not not arrogantly i I actually think it's the most grateful thing you can do is actually receive everything that was purchased yeah Mm -hmm. well said and so that concept of it's just part of the atonement
5: yeah Yeah. Yeah. i forget which theologian coined this phrase but this idea of the shrunken gospel Mm -hmm. where we reduce our identity of what the gospel is of like getting to heaven someday Mm -hmm. and in the meantime it's that bury ourselves in the ground you know it's the opt out it's just hold on Till jesus comes pretty poor <laughs> theology
2: <laughs> yeah
5: uh, but we we really hold and on and no
2: to wonder we're not bringing peace exactly into, uh, right. seriously right yeah
5: it's this at least i'm saved yes yeah. at least jesus well forgave my sin yep but between here and there There's i'm so just trying more. to make it yeah yes. and we and we reduce what the cross has purchased and if we can just get a glimpse of this John 10, 10 life, this yeah. thriving life, yeah. there's something alive that we don't just, I guess I will give peace, mm-hmm. but I get to, yeah. I'm able to because yeah. the Holy Spirit is in me. Mm-hmm. Um, Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite kind of benediction scriptures, may the God of hope yeah. uh, fill you with all joy and peace mm-hmm. in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. That's it's through this connection, yes. not just this theology, it's not That's what right. I believe. Jesus is the son of God, good, uh, but now live it out right. so that this working out can fill you with hope. This is, this is the good life, is yes. yes. what we've been invited into.
3: Uh, Dallas Willard is one of those people um, who talks about the gospel of sin management mm. and trying that it's about not doing naughty things. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. And also the idea of vampire Christianity, that mm. we um, are just interested in the blood of Christ to cover Mm. our sin, but not necessarily in a relationship with him that undoes us, you know, that, um, reforms us into who he intends for us to be. And, um, when you think about peace, like as you were talking about it, I was thinking about this concept of shalom, Mm.
4: um,
3: and this flourishing that we should desire for one another, that we are agents of shalom yes. that everywhere we go we are to bring the fragrance of christ mm-hmm. and um so that jesus looks attractive to people yeah. instead of and you know COVID was such a challenging time because um people were so at odds with each other even inside our churches and how not did, ours no
1: no one <laughs> around this circle <laughs> what course
2: course church were you a part yeah. of no right. this is off. this is <laughs> awkward <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man um, it was smooth sailing for us, Lorraine. And, you know, it's like we were in the fire. <laughs> Never been better. We were in the fire and how do we come out not stinking like smoke, yeah, right? right yeah. And, um, but to desire the flourishing of not just ourselves, but of another, Yeah. remembering Jeez. that we Jeez. are image bearers, like um, at the most base level, that we are all human beings, you know, living this human life then can cause us to move toward people that are unlike us Mm -hmm. people that we're not going to benefit from that can't necessarily do something for us but we recognize the opportunity to um, pour christ into them to be jesus with skin on to them and so then we actually put teeth to what we call peace it's not just absence of conflict yeah it's flourishing and desire, mm. desiring the well-being mm. of another mm-hmm. because we are creatures of God.
0: Mm. Well said. That's I think to your, that question too, that point of discipling our people as we do this ourselves. I mean, I, I say it's a lot at our church that my preaching philosophy is preach at me and in God's goodness, mm-hmm. he'll do something with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think obviously on the mirror on us first, But I I say it's a lot in my own spiritual journey. I don't know if maybe you would relate to this in kind of that Western evangelical 90s, 2000s kid growing up in that world, which had a lot of beauty in it for sure. Don't hear me saying that it was all for naught. It was not. But I remember saying by the time I got to seminary that I had been taught to study and obey. And I don't think anyone ever even taught me how to pray. Mm. Yep. I had been taught... I, I had a I, I use this on purpose like I had a disciple mentality like a mattheist like I had the adherent of the way yeah that was my entire concept yeah. of life with God
1: read and do read, read and, and do, do read and
0: do read and do um, and obviously this is this whole the whole parables issue right the guy is asking what must I do to inherit like that that's the that's the premise yes. and to Brian's point I find it so interesting that it's in moments like that mount to that day as he's giving those beatitudes that he says children of God on purpose. Literally. That I think, I I feel that chief burden, and some of that's out of my own pain and story, but like some of that chief burden is discipling our people to their actual identity. Like they are disciples of Jesus. They are to be adherents of the way, absolutely. Read and study, do those things, go about teaching others. I find that interesting that in as he's sending the disciples out in the great commission like he's telling them make disciples i just think it's really important we remember as ministers that that's the only thing we can make no kidding like mm-hmm. you can make disciples you can teach people to study and obey yep. and obey all that he said as you're charged to do so you just can't make children of god no mm-hmm. kidding like only jesus can well, you're
2: describing at some level the difference, uh, the difference between western and eastern education well in said. that at some level we have viewed discipleship yes. as a classroom concept. Yeah, that's right. When ultimately discipleship is a family concept. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well it's said. about reproducing, yes. it's about the DNA, yes. Yes. where we, where, in our concept of discipleship, I f- put you in a room, I teach yep. you concepts, I know you now have those concepts, which is not even close to the biblical definition of discipleship. So at some level it, yep. it is just like this, yep classroom education concept rather than, and you know, we all know this, but you know what, Jesus just such a different, you know, he's just walking for miles, sitting around things. It's like doing life together and sharing. And even they're they're wanting to pray like him, it's because they were sitting there watching him pray. That's right. They're literally just there and just Jesus is gone in the morning, they're watching him pray. They're like, I want to do that. Yeah. And uh, I I think that ultimately, you have the discipleship piece. Yeah, it's one reason why we've got to bring people in our homes if we're really going to disciple them, and that's where I think they're going to find out whether we walk in peace or not. Oh man, <laughs> whether oh. or not we actually, yes. you know how we handle conflict and how we bring stuff. But well said.
4: Even just thinking of our community and our churches and congregants, you know, interacting every day at Target and Walmart and Starbucks and Pete's and all those places, if we fully knew in these places that we stepped into that we carried the shalom of peace, yeah that changes without saying a word without Mm -hmm. preaching a word without you know letting our our deeds be known Mm -hmm. just that the power of the presence of God and the spirit can change an atmosphere Mm -hmm. yes and and collectively the unity of each other bringing that into our community that's how we transform Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, Lisa will you
1: get real granular for a second like uh, with that shalom when we step into those places what what actually does it look like day in and day out to bring that peace? Like what 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 are the again? I don't want to turn
2: it into a yeah. go and do thing, but what, what does it look? It is like? a go and do. It's a go. Re, it's a represent Jesus. I, I do yeah. think that we're that's called a, to we're called to represent Jesus in yeah. the world and yeah. be Jesus in the right. world. So right. just who aim. we are. It's out that's of identity right. though. Yes, I think the do is a problem when it's just to do w- when it's not coming from just yeah. who i am yeah. But, yeah
4: i think brian said parable of the talents you know are you going to sit on the piece, hide the peace mm-hmm. are you going to go and be the peace yeah. and i think it's you know it's a kingdom mindset it's getting our people on mission they're part of something bigger than themselves their circumstances and how we're you know um Training up and teaching and discipling people to be part of that, not just Sunday, not just Wednesday, but tomorrow morning, uh, uh, you know, when you head into your school and that kind of thing.
5: Yeah, I think, you know, like when we're going into Target, this may seem just too ethereal, but like we are, we are carriers of the kingdom in the Target, so we're not going to see the, the latest you know whatever my wife wants to go see or my girls want to see which is often constant target trips
0: yes we're not just going <laughs> we're only to, getting a few things yeah, that, yeah no you know,
5: never. Um but the, but we're carriers of the kingdom so if our mindset as followers of Jesus is is simply I'm going to the store to get what I need for mm-hmm. my family then we are isolating ourselves from, from bringing anything else to it. Yeah. So if we're we're walking in a store, it's it's not this extravagant thing, but it's just who are we and what are we doing? So the simplicity of like smile often. Yeah. It doesn't mean fake it till you make it. It doesn't, mean, yeah. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean yeah. you know like you, you just pretend everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is we walk in a society whether it's at the Palladio or whether it's down in historic two different ends of the city, people are still walking around with without any expression on yeah. their face. Yeah. We we live in a society of downcast eyes and, you know, monotone faces. And we are to bring something into that. There mm-hmm. should be something different again, not because we're pretending that everything's fine, yeah. but there is a joy unspeakable. There is a, a peace that passes understanding. Mm-hmm. So the identity of even going into a store getting a little granular it's it's bringing up a conversation rather than avoiding conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this whole idea, you know, welcome mats at, at houses these days. Uh, there's funny welcome mats that oh, are like, uh, you know, do yes. not knock, we are pretending to not be here. You
1: know, like, <laughs> yes. like people
5: don't <laughs> yeah. want people to be at their house, Literally. you know, when people knock out can I buy doors, them? They're, like, <laughs> yeah, they're like, turn off the lights, us. turn off the lights, you know, act like <laughs> we're not here. Our house
1: is a fortress,
5: yes, an impenetrable yes, that's, fortress. That's right. And that's super normal. Like we all. Feel that? That's yeah. a natural. Not in the south, it's not, man. Okay. Every yep. time
2: I go to the south, I'm like, "Put some fences up in go. your backyard, <laughs> <laughs> please." your door. This you is go. lock your door. door. Yeah.
5: This, this may not that. translate to the south, but over, <laughs> but here, in Falsam, it, but over here, here, dang true. There's well, just yeah. there's just a reality that's right. That, you know, of of we are we are trying to resist that gravitational pull to bury what we've been called to carry. Yeah, and so even just. Even with our facial expressions and engagement, it's taking a step and allowing the Holy Spirit
2: to lead us into whatever's yeah, next. And here's where the lo- go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just gonna say you teed that up so beautifully because I had this example in my head, and then you mentioned Target. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's a always powerful Target. It's concept. always yeah, target. Yeah. Yeah, target. Are we having the Target, target conversation right no, <laughs> now? Exactly. I can't. I'll are we, are we going there? Oh, your family goes to Target, huh? That's yeah. interesting. From a from a granular <laughs> level. Uh, I was in line at, a, at the Target in Folsom, and um, the guy in front of me was ripping into the cashier. Oh, God. A young gal, and I'm not even sure what all he was upset about. She owns Target.
2: That's why he was owns. so yeah. mad. She <laughs> owns Target yes, she and is. really could make some decisions.
3: Right. Exactly. And he just went oh, off so on her isn't it? and to the point and she just didn't say anything to oh, the point where he finally just said you know that's it I'm leaving all my stuff here on the on uh, the counter and I'm not gonna shop here anymore mm-hmm. and he stormed out he was loud enough for everybody to hear oh. and I'm right behind her and so then I have a choice of it's what
4: awesome.
3: am, what yeah. am I gonna do yes. and um, so it was an opportunity for me to breathe some peace yes. into mm-hmm. this Absolutely. girl and just yeah. to say, um, I just want you to know that um, I feel like you handled that really well and that was yes, super unfair yeah. that that happened to you and I'm really sorry. I mean, it's yes. having yes, it's our eyes wide open to yeah, bind 100%. up the wounds yep. when we encounter them because they are they're always around us. I walked by a lady in a coffee place reading obituaries one day and I could Mm. tell she was really sad and I stopped and I, you know, how God just compels you to. like. And I said, are you doing okay? I noticed you're reading the obituary. No, I just lost someone. And just open this conversation for me to, you know, we just have to pull up a chair alongside people literally or figuratively. And I think a lot of it is we have to not just look we have to see yeah. Say it. when i was um i volunteered as a chaplain for law enforcement which is still one of those things like what was i thinking because that's really hard yeah. and they teach you how to look without seeing so you're not mm-hmm. overwhelmed by Interesting. the blood you see at a crime scene or that you know just the hard mm-hmm. hard stuff which is appropriate for that context but when it comes to the victims, mm-hmm. the witnesses, then you have to not just look, you have to see. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're out and about, or even in our family, to be able to not just look and assess, but to also see to the point that we take action mm-hmm. is peacemaking
4: yeah. yep.
3: and it takes time. We can't be living on the ragged edge. You know, we've got to have margin in our life to where we can stop and have a conversation with someone that needs to have their wounds bound up just yeah. needs to be able to see i told one homeless guy i'm sorry i don't have any money but i just want to tell you i see you because yeah. Yeah. i know and i'm one of them yeah people drive by and they don't want to look at you yeah oh absolutely yeah. and i am often one of those people you know, even people I know, you know, like at Raley's or whatever, sometimes I don't have the capacity and, you know, yeah, yeah. and um, mm. there's something about just stopping and particularizing a person. Jesus was so good at this, yeah. you know, when he went to the woman at the well in Samaria and, um, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. Just when we particularize someone and we give them the gift of peace because we know the peacemaker, yeah. Yeah. because he lives in us, we can be a peace. Um, we know the peace giver, then we can be a peacemaker yeah. um, and have our eyes wide open throughout our day. When our feet hit the floor, we're on mission yeah. 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 and to be used to be willing and available. However, God wants to pour us out because what else you know, yeah. are we here for?
5: Well, and I think for, for the church, for all of us, this is a, a battle of indifference. Mm. You know, the, the parable of, of the good Samaritan, these Levites and these priests, They didn't do anything bad. They were just indifferent. And to I think it's George Bernard Shaw. I'm gonna I'm gonna just mess up this quote. Do it. Google it. Do it. No, no. no. The greatest sin against humanity is not hate. It's indifference. Yes. When we just don't care about our neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so easy to do because we have our own lives. We have our own friends. Our own family. Our own shopping list and the battle that we all have to just wrestle with yes. is how indifferent am i to those on the outside of my bubble mm. and um and if we can if we can at least just grapple just wrestle with indifference yeah. and where we're at with that so that we can actually see people yeah. and look and go okay i'm not going to live indifferent i'm yeah. going to look for the cash register or the obituaries versus mm. the opt out yeah the, it's not my problem. Yeah. It's not yeah. my responsibility because yeah. they're not in my bubble. Well, Jesus obviously went out of his way and told mm-hmm. stories of what it means to, to go to those places.
2: It, uh, here's where I'm going to th- turn left and ruin our conversation. I don't think we can actually do all this stuff on social media. <laughs> and here's, and here's <laughs> oh, actually why I bring this up, because when you're talking no about like, like we're supposed to come into situations, when you're talking about the discipleship issue, and I know that that, I mean, even as we talk about peace, at some level the cultural... Aspect of people living on social media, yeah. people interacting Digital, digitally rather yeah. than in person. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a couple reasons. One is this: I just think that I, I just like to put all that down and just go walk with people. Precisely. Like you can't actually be a peacemaker. Yep.
5: Right. <laughs> this digitally. is a really
2: big statement that maybe I don't fully believe, but you can't be a peacemaker on a keyboard. You can't. No. Mm-hmm. Like you actually yeah. have to be in flesh with people, yeah. and that's why the responsibility of Exactly where you are is where you're supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. and and yeah. spend most of your energy. Yes, you're gonna yeah. have doing your hot world. takes yes. on social yes. media. Exactly. You no. can't be
1: bridging pe- a the peacemate. incarnational yeah. divide. Yeah. That's, right. That's what it does. Yes, they bridge the incarnational yes. divide. Mm-hmm. No, with skin on with people.
2: And I think if we're gonna yeah. call people to be peacemakers, we have to address the thing of like m- m- a lot of their interaction and a lot of their time on the is, is spent with people not actually face to face. And I'm like, awesome. no, 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 we've got to go the opposite of that and we got to and we gotta go face to face. And that's what they're there mm-hmm. for. But the second thing about social media that's interesting for me is, you mentioned the discipleship issue. I, I, and you mentioned if you don't have peace, I think that we really have to teach people what is stealing their peace.
4: Yeah, the robber. Mm.
2: Like they're getting, like they're getting, they're, their peace is getting stolen from them. Yes. Mm-hmm. We had somebody disciple us for years and she actually mentioned this thing of whenever you've lost your peace, stop and go, where did I, where did I drop it? And I'll do that consistently. That's I'll be like, question. dude, I just feel turmoil. What's going mm-hmm. on? I feel, yeah. and I'll just stop. and I'll be like, oh, it's that conversation I had. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or it oh, it's social media. Right. <laughs> oh, I got on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. And or Bending I got. Can we on... back up for a second? Yes. Yeah. The conversation I had, or the conversation I didn't. Yes, have. both the things I'm avoiding, the conversation I'm absolutely. And actually teaching people how do you actually live in a place of peace? Yeah. So that we can go into places and bring peace, right, right. it's a little bit like, well, I'm drowning, and then you're asking me to mm-hmm. save that, save that other guy who's drowning. Yeah. well said. And and yep. and we're like, no. So so I think actually discipling people. It's why I bring up social media. I think social media is one of the biggest peace stealers. Mm-hmm. God, yes. it, it just it, it just is right, right. the amount of people I so talk why to. Why I, yeah, I, I quit three years ago? Yeah, I quit three years ago. Don't okay. even have it. Don't own it. Well, don't this is look what's fascinating. It. Is the I'll talk to people, and I'm not even anti whatever. No, I just am. I'm anti. I'm, I'm, I'm anti people not recognizing. Yes. When something's actually affecting them negatively. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just because it's a part of the society. Yeah. But I, I'll talk to people. They're like, "Oh, I just went 30 <laughs> days. I went 30 days off social media." I'm like, "How was it?" They're like, "Oh." No, I just felt so good. Yeah. They're like, this was so, so much peace. So it felt so great. It was yeah. just wonderful. I'm back on it. And, uh, you know, but but it, <laughs> I relapsed. Yeah. But it's fascinating to me yeah. because we really are this is an interesting thing as pastors that We that we should talk about. We're calling people to be peacemakers who aren't actually walking themselves in peace. Sure.
4: I think there's peace seekers, right? There's still people in the church that are seeking peace outside of a relationship with Jesus. So yeah. they're looking to you know, identity on social media. They're looking to their, you know, their degrees, how well they're doing, their achievements, their money, yeah. and all these Every things. Every unhealthy
2: coping mechanism out there. Every yes. unhealthy
4: yeah. coping So when those turn upside down, you know, this what comes out is, is not peace, right? Mm-hmm. And so... I think the opportunity often in our difficulties is to show people, yeah, I'm going through this hard season, Mm. health season, financial season, marital season, but I'm still walking in peace instead of get me through it, get me to the end of it, pray it away. Yes, we want God to work, but he's also using sometimes those places to showcase what peace looks like. Mm -hmm. It's not when everything ducks are in a row. Life is good and money's in the bank and your mm-hmm. weight's down on the scale. It's actually just the opposite. And so, how do we, mm-hmm. I think, become more vulnerable and authentic yeah. where people can kind of see our lives that aren't perfect or messy, mm-hmm. but we're yet, we're, we're, we're tapping into the Prince of Peace and we walk that shalom out as we walk into Target mm-hmm. to serve people because it mm-hmm. helps us forget about what's robbing us of peace that intentionality that you said.
0: We've ended every conversation on this podcast with one type of topic that's a roundhouse kick. Everybody takes a swing at it. And Brian, you said, I don't know how many minutes ago it was but you used the phrase compassion fatigue. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty convinced in this story, there's these kind of three things you really clearly see that Jesus points out in this peacemaking Samaritan who sacrifices, steps into it, sees, but the first thing he says is he saw him saw. there. It's the yeah, first thing, like, saw. Jesus points out that he sees him there, and then that his sight, then the the big difference, obviously, than the action, is of the two other characters, he doesn't say this, but the very next thing he says about the Samaritan is he took pity on him. Mm. And in our context, we gotta be really, intentional about defining that word, because people can look derogatorily yeah, yeah. at that word. When that's the same type of root, that's when Jesus is moved to compassion. Mm-hmm. He cared. Cared. He cared. Right? Mm-hmm. It, but it's interesting to me that the man approaches him with this cerebral question, like, what do I have to do to inherit? Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to trick Jesus and trap him, the text mm-hmm. says he's going to go tip for taff with God on an intellectual level. <laughs> and uh, that, good luck.
2: Good yeah, luck. Good,
0: good luck. <laughs> and he steps up with this and then Jesus says now the difference in this peacemaker is he can feel it. Yeah. He can he sees. Mm-hmm. And then he's moved to compassion. Mm-hmm. And out of being moved to compassion, he acts in all of these ways. Yeah. So, in a like well, Andrew Bacourt, one of our mm. pastors at Bayside that's from Ireland and just got US citizenship yesterday, yeah. by the way. Yeah. What, a, what a cool thing. But uh, Andrew was talking about this yesterday. He was quoting someone, don't know who it was. Let's just say it's George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> um, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? See that. See that. Um, but he said, if your heart is beating, dadgummit, what'd he say? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's like, if your heart is beating, you're alive. Yep. If you can feel someone else's pain, you're yeah. human. Yeah. I mm. had this beautiful line. Wow. Yes. But we've all experienced compassion fatigue. Yep. And it yep. seems to me in the story, the difference is not just the other two see him, like they walk by and others beat him up. Like, mm. But what leads him to all these peacemaking actions for this particular context story is that he can feel and be drawn to compassion mm. through the pain of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's all take a roundhouse kick at compassion's need in the middle of this. Like could the mm-hmm. need for t- compassion to be able to feel, Uh, Maybe even some practical things, on, like when we don't, like when we were at compassion fatigue in service professions, Mm -hmm. we're at most risk of being the ones who lose the feeling of compassion. The thing that arises to alleviate the pain and suffering of someone else. But let's take the roundhouse kick as we close this thing out on compassion's role in peacemaking.
2: Well, we walk with people a lot. And I think that in the culture, and I would just say this you are absolutely to have compassion and empathy, but you are not built to carry the burden of everything that's coming at you. And the unique challenge of our day is the amount of voices that are coming at us, that we, it's very interesting, you either go callous yeah. Yeah. Or you just go burn out. Yeah. And there's there so so we yeah. now are getting reports of, of earthquakes in India, famines, you know, in countries in Africa, yeah. a division, shootings in Chicago, a kidnapping over there. Right. We're just not. I think it's why we have to know our assignment yeah. and mm-hmm. go. Like I can't. I actually am not built right to carry all of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I can actually care. Yes But not carry it There's some things I'm called to carry That's right And I And so that's why This pressure though And I Anybody listening right now There is so much Pressure people feel That if I don't post uh, uh, I'm praying for uh, Indi- And I'm like yeah. I actually don't believe You're praying for India I just feel I just think you're You actually just feel pressure to post Unless people think You won't care Yeah But here's the reality You're not called to carry everything. You're not called to carry everything yeah. So just wherever you're at yeah. <laughs> Wherever you're at Care and walk with people and empathy, but I think we actually get compassion fatigue because we're carrying things we're just not meant to carry, and we don't actually know. We don't feel permission to go like, "Oh, somebody's carrying that," but it's, but I, it's, it's not me. And that doesn't mean you're cold and callous. No, no, no. Love it. Thank you.
1: The question is like, what's in front of me right now? Like, what, what's knocking on my door? What am I seeing? Uh, and then, what can I engage? I, I can't engage with all of that that right, I see, right. but I can engage with this right here and go, "Oh gosh, uh, this must be an assignment yes. from God to me yes. right now."
5: It's this idea of we haven't been entrusted with the world. Yes, we've been entrusted with our world. Yes, and there That's is this,
1: and together, such a smart way to you say. You know,
5: it. we are we are surrounding the world, but yeah. individually, um, you know, social media, news, uh, satellites. We're not in the garden. We were not created to have a global understanding of everything that's happening all at once right and conflict we are we're not created to be able to comprehend all the things but we are called and entrusted and invited to what is in front of us yeah care about that thing and receive that strength i think the way to um, the way to give and not receive this compassion fatigue Is what what we were talking about with the idea of tapping in it's not I just have a belief in God I I happen to be a Christ follower a Christian it's this tap in God I need the God of peace in my life I don't want to just go to church and just kind of be a spiritual person I want to experience your peace so I can give peace mm-hmm. and we cannot give what we don't receive. Right. Yeah. And so I think for all of us, yep. pastors included, because yes. we can so become professional Christians, that know how to to pray. We know how to do all the things in public, but in private, it's that tap in peace to become and to receive from God so that we can give back to God that world that he's entrusted us with.
3: It's some years ago, but when I was working in the corporate world, the word compassion kept coming up. Um, In various settings as people would talk to me and Lorraine you just have so much compassion and it was actually a clue god was giving me about Mm -hmm. where he was going to be taking me and then he put a call on my life to lavish those in need with christ-like compassion and servant care that became then the rudder for me that would steer me when opportunities would come up does that fit within Mm -hmm. that um and so when the door opened for me to leave the corporate world and become a Um, community care pastor, I thought, wow, okay, this is great. This is right in that wheelhouse. It's a fit. And compassion means to suffer with. And so Mm. when I would sit with people in my office that would come to meet with me as a pastor, I put this pressure on myself to, gosh, I need to do something to make it worth their time to be here. Mm. You know, I need to make something happen. So they walk out feeling like this was worth the trip. I need to fix whatever is going on. It was
2: worth their tithe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly.
3: (laughs) Um, So that, so I I wound up in performance mode of Mm -hmm. wanting to, you know, like manufacture peace in their situation rather than just to join them where they are, Mm -hmm. come alongside them in the pit, point out the furnishings, breathe some hope into that because of the suffering i've been through myself and the faithfulness of god i've seen there um because i learned pretty quickly that that does lead to burnout Mm -hmm. as you're trying to fix everyone and also you are taking away an opportunity for god to actually work in that suffering that someone is going through and uh, you know we can just come alongside and breathe peace into that um, and we have to be so careful that our compassion dance card isn't full all the time. Mm. A great word. Because, you know, we're always <laughs> feeling word. like every problem is one for us to fix. Yep. Um, but instead, these are people and opportunities that God puts in front of us to, us to steward well. Mm. Yeah. Um, as we ourselves drink from
4: a well of peace in yeah, God. That's a great word. Love it. I love that it's beautiful I think for me it's been recognizing that nothing happens by accident Mm -hmm. That there's a divine plan at play and work that God is orchestrating through his Holy Spirit every day and he's calling me he's calling you he's calling you on these assignments of specific people right and and so it's in my best interest to be paying attention and be intentional and prayerful as I go into my day and hear from his spirit because sometimes we're taking other people's opportunities away Mm -hmm. that he's got someone in the wings he's going to use because we're, we're operating in just mode you know flesh mode or whatever it is and so those are my best days. There's alignment, mm-hmm. there's peace, mm-hmm. there's ease. Like mm-hmm. I'm not exhausted at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. And I, can, and I can tell the difference on the days where I'm just saying yes, because I'm people pleasing. I don't want to disappoint. Yep. And yep. Um, so I think for me, I'm grateful that I've, I have that, mm-hmm. um, that experience with the Lord to know what it feels like when I'm really walking in the assignment that he has yes. for me. It's in the unseen, no one sees often. Mm -hmm. It's interceding and target for someone. Mm -hmm. And him remind me one day you're gonna hear how that prayer was answered, but those are my best days. Mm -hmm. I work in a, you know, we work in churches where people are continually wanting, you know, time with us, prayers, they wanna bring us into their circumstances. And I think for me it's it's not I'm one person, but how do I mobilize yeah. other people to be compassionate and aware of how yeah. we can love and care for one another? We've got to break
2: the 8020 so. principle in the church yeah. in all honesty. I, yeah. that, that principle I think is not I think it's real. I don't think it's kingdom get more people actually the body of christ carrying this yeah, stuff yeah, i yeah. think is so good
4: and, and the other thing too is a lot of i hear a lot of times well i'm just not a compassionate person <laughs> if you have jesus oh. in you anything that jesus was <laughs> and is is who we are and yeah. so it's not an enneagram number it's not yep. a personality trait it's not a bent no we are called to be compassionate That's and good. sometimes That's in good. our weakness and it doesn't make sense to us. This is where God shows up the most. We
1: don't get to opt out. We, we do not get to not opt get out. To opt it's out, actually not
2: true either. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm not a compassionate person. That's just not <laughs> oh, like well, that Biggest that. cop out ever.
4: <laughs> well, I think a lot of people leave Brian. it to the care ministry, sure. to the pastors, to the chaplain. He just
2: got hired at a church. He, yeah. We need to not expose him fully about his <laughs> lack of compassion yeah. for people. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even like people.
0: Yeah, right. right. That's, <laughs> it. that's it, that's it. Guys, thank you all so much for being on this. Like, I think Really? My, my final piece of that is I'm so grateful for all of you. Yeah. What you do in the community and who you are and how you're championing this peacemaking. I think I'd close it with this, that I find it uh, very intentional, as God is, that when he would pass in front of Moses and say, this is what my name is, He would say Yahweh, Yahweh, and the first word out of his mouth would be the compassionate. Yeah. Um, And then goes on to say gracious, mercy, all all of the the other things that he says. But I I think that kind of key in that Mm. is God is compassionate. Yes. Long suffering with us. Yes. Yes. So as he's producing these things in us, transforming us, conforming us into the image of Christ, from the peace within us, peace with God, and peace outside. making sure we don't carry i think this is so full of gold i'm so appreciative of you guys really Um, i think the only way to end this is to say the words you said you didn't say at the beginning of this
2: podcast (laughs) two words i disagree